The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, April 10th, currently 4.05 on the East Coast. Here to break down the NBA playoffs, we have four matchups that we know of for sure. Of course, still waiting for the results of the play-in tournaments that will start on Tuesday. But hey, we're going to break down the four series. We'll give you all of our playoff uh, series predictions for those four matchups. I'll talk about some series props and all that fun stuff. We're here. It's playoff time. But joining me here on this episode, you guys know him as the superstar of the show, the villain. It's Terrell Furman Jr. Terrell, what's going on, my man? Oh, it has. It's great. And you know why it's great? Because we've been on the right side over the course of all year. The tally is done. The numbers are checked. The Utah Jazz were the first place team ATS over the course of the season. Thank you very much. And the Miami Heat were the last place team ATS over the course of the season. They were tied, Thank I think. Much. Weren't they tied with Dallas? Either way, we still win there. Yeah. Because we've done pretty good. <laughs> I'm saying we faded both, both those teams. So we yeah. might have actually won. We might have had both of the. Hey, hey, you didn't get your fun. intro yet. You didn't get your intro yet. I need you to stop talking. This is my <laughs> intro. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to pull out a prop already. So, you know, I got, I got anxious. No, just iPad day. Oh, okay. Also joining us, you guys heard the voice there. It's Scott Studio Right Show. Scott, what's going on, my man? Now you can rebuttal. Yeah, it's all good. It wasn't really a rebuttal. <laughs> it was because we were fading the Mavericks as well. So it was kind of just adding another team to the list that we were on the right side of throughout the year. Looking forward to the playoffs, mostly because you actually know who's going to play game in, game out. For the most part, shout out to Rudy Gobert. But still, pretty interesting day in the NBA. You already had the news with Gobert. You had the news with McDaniels officially having a fracture in his hand. Weird moments for Minnesota. Uh, the trade gets worse every day. But looking forward to the postseason play, and I'm sure all of you are as well. Yeah, um, obviously we saw the incident yesterday with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves sideline between Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert. Fast forward to this morning where we get news that the Minnesota Timberwolves have suspended Rudy Gobert for uh, one game, which is going to be that play in tournament game against the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, I'm not sure if it really makes a huge difference on the court for the Minnesota. Well, it does because Nas reads out, so they don't have a backup center either. Yeah, yeah. So they may be compromised a little bit. Uh, Oh, yeah, they got Luca Garza. Yeah, put some respect on the Iowa man. Um, Man, can't wait to see him in the TBT in another two years. He's going to be great. I can't wait for him and Zach Eady to battle it out. Oh, my God. Play. Zach Eady and Luca Garza in the TBT is going to be amazing. Uh, I don't know. If you guys want to expand on it, I, I really don't have much to add there. Terrell, you want to add anything to the little scuffle that we saw between the uh, between Akala Anderson and Rudy Gobert? Well, I mean, we can go ahead and add. So, I think that we've had our first repeat offender that has found themselves in the category of these dudes that really ain't trying to fight for real. 
Do you get bonus and points for teammates, or do you lose points for teammates? Oh no, you get no, no. It's you. It's not you know. We're not going to compromise. It's at the end of the day, you can fight your teammates, and it's fine. You don't you don't get any extra okay. points. You don't get you don't lose anything. It's no add or against. Nothing like that. But and Kyle Anderson figured out very quickly that if you call somebody a bitch. You have a very short amount of time before you figure out whether that person is wrong or not. Shout out to Bobani Jones. You have a very short amount of time to figure out if that person is wrong or not. I think that was probably one of the weakest punches that I've seen. <laughs> Granted, he had a large distance to make up. So we are like we're factoring that into the occasion. He did have a large distance to make up, but he didn't follow up with another one. Like he just wanted one. And I don't think Rudy Gobert sees himself as a one hitter quitter. Like I just I don't think he thinks that he's like one punch man or anything. So very concerned why he didn't follow up with another. But you know, that, he he just didn't want it. He he wanted he felt like he had to do it for his manhood, but he didn't really want to fight for real. And it's fine. It's fine because there's a lot of people, including yourself, that are in the category of these dudes really ain't trying to fight for real. So just stop. Please, just stop. Scott, anything you want to add? Uh, I've already been a proud member of the Kyle Anderson fan club for the last two, three months. Nothing's really changed for me. I'm on board. Uh, we're taking applications if you want to join the fan club. But... Yeah, I just like it a lot as a player. I, I think Kyle Anderson wasn't wrong either. He challenged Gobert and said, do something. And Gobert responded back to him. And then Anderson called him a bitch. And to be honest, I feel like even though that might sound a little bit harsh, that's a fair description of Rudy Gobert. Can we say that? Sure. Uh, I feel like that's a pretty fair way to put it. At least I'll, I'll paraphrase. We think he's soft. Yeah. I think that's a pretty well-known way of describing Gobert throughout the entire league, and that's kind of what Kyle Anderson called him. Now, he used a different word, which mm -hmm. might you know challenge a manhood a bit more, but the argument was block a shot, do something, and I feel like Kyle Anderson wasn't wrong when he said it. Now, they won the game without him, which I think is kind of funny, but the problem is they have a matchup against the Lakers, and of course now they have to guard Anthony Davis without Gobert or without Nas Reed. And luckily for them, they need to win one of the next two games to make the playoffs. So we'll mm -hmm. see if they can get it done. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to lose out. But still, I can say that I'm totally surprised that Gobert did something to cost his team. I wasn't expecting this. But at the same point, I've been calling this arguably the worst trade in NBA history for about five months. It's definitely bottom two, bottom three. I think it's worse than the Paul George trade. I think it's worse than the Paul Pierce KG trade. We're only in year one. This is year one. So it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I just think Minnesota had a bright future and immediately blew the future up in the span of about three months. That's how I look at this in hindsight. Can we already classify this as the worst trade in NBA history? I think it's up there. I'm trying to think of how they can actually surpass it because there were some bad trades back in the day when you would pour franchises that basically sold off players for money. You had the Dr. J trade, for example, with the Nets. They got rid of him because they couldn't afford him anymore. Moses Malone got traded from Philly, and he won a couple titles there. That's also an all-time bad trade. In modern NBA history, modern, I yeah. think this is the worst trade in the last 
40 years or so, as bad as the Nets trade was and the Paul George trade was, at least each team won a playoff series. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure when Minnesota is going to win a playoff series or if they're going to win a playoff series. This might be their future for the next X amount of years because Gobert's going to get worse sooner than he's going to get better. Yeah, I agree. Troy, any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. The man is pondering. I'm trying to think of some all-time bad trades. Well, the Moses Malone one is known as being one of the worst trades in the history <clears throat> of the of the league, going way back in the day. That might be the benchmark of bad trades. I don't. Uh, Paul George, I think, deserves a conversation because they have champ- they had championship aspirations, and they're not even close. But is the argument they only got Kawhi because they made the trade? So you're factoring that in. Or did they? Because mm. you can make that case because Kawhi specifically requested Paul George allegedly, and that's kind of how it went. They were a duo. Yeah. I'm not defending the trade for the Clippers, but I'm going to at least acknowledge that part of it was getting Kawhi indirectly in that trade. Yeah, but that didn't do anything for you. You're in the same spot you were in before. They made the Western Conference Finals one time, if that counts. It's not what they wanted, but at least they've made a somewhat, okay. I don't say respectable I'll give, one. But. I'll give it to you for now. I'll give it to you for now. <laughs> the point is at least and the, Paul George, George, the Paul George one is like, and looking at where Shea is at right now, oh, it, like the Paul George one, real, that's what really is getting it, looking at where Shea is at right now. If, if Shea wins a playoff series with OKC, then I'm classifying that as the worst trade. Okay. Because if he wins that. one playoff series with OKC, imagine everything they could have did with them in LA. So if if Shea wins one playoff series, then I got to move the Paul George one back. Once again, That's I think fair. the Clippers trade was horrible, especially with how good Shea's become, and a lot of the picks haven't even happened yet. Uh, Ed mentioning the Pau Gasol trade. Uh, that's also a good one to mention with Minnesota. Hmm. They gave up Kwame Brown. They should be, yeah, hey. the, the Stephen A. Smith reaction there uh, to the trade. Yeah. They resulted in, yeah. in a championship or two for the Lakers. Wow, that is a really bad yeah, one. That, yeah, point. oh, no. That is a really Ooh, good one. Yeah. yeah. That's a fair it point. It might be the Paul Gasol trade. Oh, the truth is we can't fully. They won discuss- multiple championships with yeah. Paul Gasol. We yep. can't fully discuss how bad the trade is for the Clippers and the Timberwolves yet until we see what happens with the draft picks that have not taken place yet. So there's still a lot to unpack over the next couple of years. At least Paul George made an all-star game or two. He was an all-NBA caliber guy. Gobert's in year one, and it seems like nobody wants him. In the defense of my point, you got all of that in one guy, and you still haven't won a championship. (laughs) Yes. No, I understand your point. Once again, I'm not defending the Clippers because I still think the trade's horrible. But if you're asking which trade's worse now, has Gobert's extension even kicked in yet? Uh, I think it Is does that kick in next year. I think it's next year. His extension kicks in next year and nobody wants him <laughs> and he's punching teammates. I think right now that trades worse in my opinion, but shout out to Ed though. The Pau Gasol trade definitely does worth is worthy of a mention that I would have forgotten about. That's a good call. Yep. All right, guys, uh, before we get into our playoff uh, betting preview here, let me tell everyone about Shady Rays. Kick off the new year with new year, new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers a world-class product 
that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Race offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by the lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Race with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. With Shady Race, you can look good and feel good. To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. And if you don't love them, extend it for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. All right, gentlemen, let's get into our NBA playoffs betting preview. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, we'll go through the four series that we know uh, are set in stone for sure. Um, you guys want to start with the East or you guys want to start with the West? I'll leave it to you guys. I'll let the Nick fan decide. Terrell, what are you thinking? Well, East or West? Shoot. I mean, let's just go ahead and start with the West. All right. So we'll start with the higher seed. Uh, we'll start with the Sacramento Kings as the three seed. They are going to be hosting or do have home court advantage, at least against the defending champions, the Golden State Warriors. Warriors. Golden State Warriors. I can see uh, Scott is already, you know, he's he's tickling to the to uh, shut this Golden State Warriors team down. Look I just at think him. the odds <laughs> are fascinating that you're about to mention. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so to mention the odds for this playoff series, um, currently I am seeing the Golden State Warriors are favored at minus. Ooh, give me a second. Was it like two forty? Minus two ninety is what I'm seeing now. now. Okay. Yeah, minus two ninety for the Warriors to win the series. Plus two twenty five on the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Scott, lead us off, man. Um, what are you thinking about this series? And we'll kind of break it down XSLs and then we'll get into some prop bets that we do like for the series. So I think the series is very close for the record. I think no matter who wins, it's going six or seven. I, I don't see either team getting blown out here. I think the Kings with the home court should be able to win a couple home games. Golden State also, I'll wait to see them win a road game before I suddenly expect them to sweep or win in five. The thing is, do I think Sacramento is actually ready for the moment? Because they have a pretty young roster, and even the veteran guys they have don't exactly have much playoff experience. Harrison Barnes does. In fact, most people blame him for the Warriors losing in Game 7 to the Cavs. But that's a separate story, because he went like 0 for 7 from 3. But he's been in a lot of playoff series. He has a ring. Now, you're looking at Sabonis. He was in a couple of series there with the Pacers. I'm not sure if he ever made it past the first round. They kept running into LeBron. They lost a couple times in seven. I'm not sure if Sabonis has ever made it to the second round of the playoffs. And I don't remember if he was ever in the playoffs with the Thunder when he was there in the early part of his career. But they don't have much experience. And I do think that could come back to bite them over the long course of this series. The more that I think about it, I do think Golden State does possess some matchup problems for Sacramento. Now, Sabonis, we know, should do his thing. But Looney's been very good lately. I think Wiggins coming back is one of the most overrated storylines because he hasn't played in about two months. Yeah. He's going to walk off this. I know he's been working out and et cetera, but he's supposed to walk into game action and suddenly give you immediate contributions playing 30 plus minutes a game. I don't buy that. I think I am going to lean to Golden State. However, 
290 is absurd. 290 is a ridiculous price for a six seed that is 11 and 30 on the road to win a series. That's insane to me. I'm going to go ahead and lean Warriors, but I will take Warriors in either six or seven. I think they'll steal one road game, and I'm not sure Sacramento is going to win a road game. That's how I look at it. But I do think at the end of the day, these odds are ridiculous. And I think it should be closer to Warriors minus 130. Mm. I see a really close series, but I'm going to lean to Golden State. Should have mentioned at the t- uh, before we started talking about this series that the Warriors did win the season series three games to one. They were only one and three against the spread. The total was two one and one towards the under. Um, Golden State throw. still has the longest active playoff streak, right? For most playoff series with a road win, the Warriors do. Yeah, I believe they still have the it's it's current, but they have the all time record for most playoff series one. Uh, with our most playoff series with a one with a game with a road game that they won. They've won a road game in the Every most amount of playoff series. series in a row in the history of the league. I think they'll find a way to win one, yeah. but it's a close series. 290, though, is offensive. That's offensive to Sacramento. If you're taking the money line price now on the series, the value's on Sacramento. I feel like I know where Terrell is going with this, but Terrell, what do you got for this series? Golden State Warriors against the Sacramento Kings. I just think it's so funny. I just I think it's so funny the entire time and I'm picking them. And I said <laughs> earlier this season that I didn't care about their road record during the regular season because the playoffs are the playoffs. And Scott said, no, I can't trust you with this bad of a road record. He went on about it and he just sat there and took the Warriors. Oh, <laughs> a big reason just, why, though, was I really was not impressed by how the Kings ended the regular season. The Warriors had not played many good teams, so I do think that their recent run really doesn't mean much to me, but they have done well in the head-to-head. It's mostly Sacramento really not looking good with a shot to potentially steal the two-seed away. They really haven't been playing good basketball for the last couple of weeks, and that does concern me a little bit, but it is a lack of experience I have to mention. So yes, maybe I'm a bit of a hypocrite as we got closer to the playoffs, (laughs) but I really liked the Kings form a month ago compared to now. And I am a bit concerned that they might've peaked about a month or two ago and they're going to run into an experienced team that might just punch them in the mouth. And I am concerned that the Kings might blink. So I am an only to the warriors, but once again, it's mostly because of how underwhelming I found Sacramento over the past couple of weeks. Terrell thoughts on this series. Okay, now I'll get to my point. <laughs> and I think that where I feel the most discomfort is in the price. I think the price is absolutely absurd for 290 minus, minus 290. So there's here how here's how we're going to play this. Mm-hmm. And we're going to take Sacramento plus one and a half games now plus 135. And that's simply solely based off of you know, what the form was in the regular season. You talk about the Lakers, how they were bad. They were on the road. Look at Sacramento. Sacramento is one of two teams, including Clippers, who were really only one game above 500. They were above 500 in the Western Conference on the road. They know how to go out there and play on the road. And so if I sit here, like, is there not a world of possibility where basically for the first, what, four games of this series that the home team wins every game? Like, is sure. that not a world of possibility? 
And so yeah. I just think the plus 135 is too much of a value for a series that I can easily see going to seven. Like, I don't think Golden State has what they have capable to just get teams up out of here. And it's going to be somewhat competitive. Now, do we get a bad loss? And this maybe is it over in six? Possibly. But I still like the chances of Sacramento to either win the series outright or at the very least get us to seven. So plus one and a half feels fine right there. Now, where we know Sacramento is winning game one. I, th- I think we know one. that. If they I lose think game we know one, that. they might get swept. <laughs> like as crazy as that sounds. because Sacramento, after all this time, everybody's like going to be there. Chris Webber is going to be there. Everybody's gonna be there. Lottie Divock is gonna be there. Bibby, maybe. Paige. Everybody's going to be there. They might sweep the two at home, and I'm really not gonna be surprised. And at that point, if we're not already on the Warriors, depending on what that adjusted price is, because it's minus 290 now, so I really don't know what that price is gonna be after game one. It still might not be a plus money where I want it to be. But if we get two, oh, we're absolutely back in on the Warriors. A hundred percent. Uh, we're 100% because this is, at the end of the day, this is still a championship team with yeah. people from that championship the year before. They've been to the playoffs before. They've been down in series before. They know how to come back. The hardest part about being a new team in the playoffs is playing when you're up. That is the hardest part in the NBA. When you're a new team, you haven't been there, done that before, and you, you're you up against somebody in a series and you got to try to close it out. Hardest thing for a team to do. So I think that's the game script that happens here. Sacramento goes up early in the series, and then we see the championship DNA of the Warriors take over, and that leads us to either a Game 7 or the Warriors just go ahead outright winning the series. But by that point, we already got a nice price on the Warriors. So Sacramento plus 1.5 for now. We come back on the Warriors after they lose one or both of these first road games. Just for the uh, record, by the way, the Kings are right now a one-point favorite at home in Game 1. Yes. I think that line flipped because I feel like the Warriors opened as a one-point favorite, didn't they? They did. It did Unless open. Wiggins is not active in game one and they just decided to move it. I'm assuming that he will play, but you don't know how much. But I do want to ask because there are some props available, which we'll get into in a second. If you if you were tempted to take Golden State, do you think there's value on Kings game one Warriors win series? Or would you rather potentially just take it before the series starts? Because you mentioned how Sacramento is going to have one of the craziest playoff atmospheres We've seen probably in a while because mm-hmm. it's been roughly 20 years. Yeah. So assuming the Kings get up for game one, I don't know how much the lines are going to completely dive for the Warriors if they lose game one. Do you think you're better off taking the wait and see approach or taking Kings game one kind of in a prop parlay sense with Warriors to win the series after losing game one? I don't think I want to take that now just because I do think it's a good, pretty good chance that the Kings still win this series. I'm just not going to ignore the value of taking the Warriors down 0-2 in a series. But I I, I still kind of lean Kings for the winner of this series. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I don't think I would be shocked if the, the Kings did win the series. Um, but everything that you guys did mention that, Terrell, you mentioned that this – this Warriors team knows how to play from behind. I think that's definitely in their favor. And I'm not saying that Sacramento is playing with house money here because they did finish as the number three seed in the Western Conference. I think we were all high on this team coming into this season. I was on this high, but I was high on them. Yeah. No, oh, no, I, I was yeah. low on them. I was on the bottom. I, I thought they were going to be terrible. They should. I know Munaf and I liked their win total over. We thought they yeah. might be a playing team, but that was yeah. basically it. 
So it, it almost feels like that. I, I mean, Sacramento's going to have to play defense. I mean, that sounds kind of cliched and, and kind of a dub point, but I don't think you can get into a shootout with the Warriors. Like, if you get into these high-scoring games, the Warriors, I think, will take you down because they have more scoring options than the Sacramento Kings do, in my opinion, which kind of brings me to my next point. Kind of Well, about- we know what this comes down to, though. Yeah. This comes down to De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. This comes down to De'Aaron Fox. It does. Because look at what the Warriors done while they were making this run at the end of the season. And they were down in a bunch of those games. And it was because of the fourth quarter that they were able – the second half slash fourth quarter that they were able to come back and win the game. It's De'Aaron – this is De'Aaron Fox to win the series. If De'Aaron Fox has a great fourth quarter in a lot of these games, they're going home with this. I think something to monitor is going to be how many minutes that De'Aaron Fox plays in these fourth quarters. I think that's going to be an interesting point to watch or how Mike Brown kind of handles his rotations. Um, I'm on the Jake approach. I'm on the Jake approach. Whenever we get to the fourth quarter, I'm taking the over on De'Aaron Fox's points prop every single time. Yeah, that makes sense. How much do you guys think that – I'm not saying an advantage, but how much of a key factor do you think that Mike Brown's familiarity with this team plays into this or if it does that all? Scott, do you think – do you put any merit into that? I don't know if it matters at all because Steve Kerr is very familiar with Mike Brown. <laughs> so it kind of yeah. cancels out when you look at it that way. Now, Brown was the head coach for a couple of playoff games there in the Memphis series because Kerr, what do you have, COVID? Get COVID I think, yeah, the yeah COVID, yeah, something like that, yeah. So we had, of course, you know, you can make an argument. He has some familiarities with tendencies, and I am curious what the defensive game plan is going to be for Coach Brown because of the oxymoron that his team hasn't played any defense all year. You had said the, you said the big Fox series, which I agree with because of the fourth quarter. I really think the series is going to come down to Jordan Poole. I said a couple weeks ago that I think Golden State's going to go as far as Jordan Poole. I don't want to say takes them, mm-hmm. but I think that as far or as willing Jordan Poole is to not become a double agent and completely kill this team. Because we know Jordan Poole, is going to take a bunch of shots and he's going to make a bunch of ill-advised decisions that looks like he's going at hundred miles an hour and he can't slow down. It's how he plays. It, it, it is what it is. The point is if Poole is going to go four for 15 in a couple of these games, they're going to lose because they're not good enough defensively to overcome it. If yeah. Poole has a couple of these great games that he had in the last week of the season, Golden State's going to do very well. And we saw in the last couple of games, Poole was pretty solid. He was awful in one of those games. I think it was against Sacramento. He was like 0 for 9. And the Kings hung around for three quarters using like half of their starting lineup and whatever. But in a series like this, if Poole shoots above 45%, I think Golden State wins the series. I think if he shoots around like 40% or somewhere around there, they're going to lose in six or seven because Poole is going to take too many shots away from Clay and Curry, and he's not efficient enough with the ball that it's going to come back and bite him. So I think the X factor of the series is Jordan Poole. Uh, Terrell, any counter to that? And then uh, we'll get into some series props here before we move on. But I know you mentioned if you have anything to add to, about Jordan Poole and then any other series props that you may be looking at. I know you already mentioned plus one and a half on the Kings. No, I mean – I think that this comes down to which of these teams and their terrible defenses can find a way to put something together for the course of a series. So I'm looking over at you, Davion Mitchell. You're going to have a lot, like you're going to get a lot more minutes in this series probably. You can play yourself into a lot of minutes this series with the defense that you have on Jordan Poole, the defense that you have on Steph Curry. So we'll see how they do. 
Uh, Scott, any other series props that you're looking at before we move on? Well, I already mentioned that I am tempted by Kings to win game one, Warriors to win the series. Mm-hmm. Probably the over in games. I got to see what the actual price is for. What's the price on five and a half on the over? Uh, I'm sure that one is pretty. It's going to be a minus, but I'm curious what minus it is. If it's um, below like 160, I'll consider it. Minus 165. Uh, of course it is. Why, would, why am I not surprised by that? I'm going to lean over. I, I think it's going six or seven. Once again, I don't exactly expect to see one team completely boat race the other. Having said that, if Golden State wins game one, Sacramento's got serious problems, and that's why I am leaning Golden State in the series. It's because I know that if Golden State gets down, they're not going to roll over. However, the Kings are so inexperienced, and there is a lot of pressure on Sacramento to win one, if not both, of these home games Mm -hmm. because of what happens if you have to go back to Golden State and you're already down needing to win a game there. I think the Kings could blink in game one. If they do that, they might get swept. So just keep that in mind. It's not a play for now. But I am going to say if the Kings lose game one, which we think they're not going to do, but if they lose game one, keep an eye on Golden State in four because I really think the Kings might just roll over. And mentally, I don't want to say they're going to check out, but once doubt creeps in against an experienced playoff team, you're dead to rights. So I think if the Kings lose game one, keep an eye on Warriors in four. I think that whichever team wins the A road game is going to go on to win this series because we can easily see, like Terrell was mentioning, that, or I don't know, Scott, I don't know if you mentioned that every or both teams could win every home game and that just favors Sacramento because they do have home court advantage here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you this though which yeah. team do you think is more likely to win a road game? The Kings don't need to win a road game, but I'm I asking think they both win one. I think they both win one. I think Golden State is more. I th- I so do I. That's why that's why I pick Golden State to win the series. Yeah, I think Golden State will defend home court, and I think that Sacramento will hit a bump in the road along the way. I hope I'm wrong, but once again, the money line values on Sacramento. Yeah. Golden State should not be minus two ninety. That's insane. Terrell, you were mentioning. No, I think they both won a road game. I'm going. Uh, I'm I'm going this to go seven two plus two forty plus two forty for it to be seven games. Uh, so you have the Kings going- to win the series then. No, it don't have to be. I'm, it, I said they. I think they both win a road game. You're saying minimum one road game because yeah, minimum one win road, a road game. game. That means Golden State's winning two road games. Yeah, it, it, I said they both men win at least one road game. Okay, I'm just saying because by saying that Golden State has to win two. Okay. Okay, I'm making sure. That's, that's at least one. Okay. I'm trying to figure out where the confusion. Yeah, that's at no, least the one. The confusion was you said a road game. I'm saying it's yeah. At least I think they one. both okay. win a road game. Yeah. Okay. All right. So before we move on, let's get official series predictions before we move on. Scott, you got Golden State in how many? I'm going to go Golden State in six. Terrell? Hmm. Official prediction. Uh, I really want to go Kings, but I will cash my plus one and a half. Golden State in seven, plus 550. Okay. I'm going to go Golden State in six as well uh, for this series. Uh, All right, guys, before we get into the next series, let me tell everyone about Sword Vitality. Sword Vitality, self-care is cool. Self-care is manly. Be proud of taking care of yourself. 40% of men are affected by impotence and at age 40, and nearly 70% of men are affected by the age of 70. Stop buying those highly suspect gas station pills. No more hiding that little blue pill in your sock drawer. You manscape, but you also take care of the plumbing. 
Sword Vitality helps increase your blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man. It's time to become a Sword Vitality man if you aren't experiencing erections in the morning. Talking about Sword Vitality should be as comfortable as anything else men talk about uh, with their partners. You like to hike, you watch football, you use Sword Vitality. There's no shame in the game. There's three main benefits when you do take Sword Vitality. that increases your blood flow in ways that help you thrive as a man in the bedroom. Sword Vitality can increase your stamina as well. You don't have to hide it. You can be proud of it. Unsheath your sword. Visit swordvitality.com and use promo code SGPN for a nice discount at checkout. That's swordvitality.com, promo code SGPN. And we're also brought to you by Talkify. Life is full of what if. So what if you are trying, uh, what if you try something new when it comes to the dating game? You know, you might be having bad luck. You know, those apps aren't working out for you. Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. And what if it helps you find what you're looking for? Are you having a hard time meeting uh, great people to date? Why don't? Uh, why do you keep trying the same methods over and over again? That's going to set you up to fail. It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. Talkify is a country's number one modern day matchmaking service that ha- that is designed to help you achieve relationship goals. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand selects successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmakers meet with you. You learn about what you're looking for in a partner. Then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you, doing background checks, video interviews, and asking the tough questions that are too awkward to ask on first dates. From there, your matchmaker plans your dates, introductions, and handles all the communication for you. you don't have to worry about all that. Creating a safe and stress-free date experience. Talkify is committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within the first 12 matches. And right now, exclusively for our listeners, you get 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. Again, that's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash sgpn all right guys let's get into the next playoff series here in the western conference that is going to be the phoenix suns uh they finish up as a four seed uh in the regular season they are going to be hosting the san San antonio the los angeles clippers the season series uh, was split two two uh phoenix suns did um cover three out of the four games and the total was split at two and two I think the bigger conversation here is that for most of those games, the Phoenix Suns did not have uh, Kevin Durant. The Suns with Kevin Durant this season are 8-0. Clippers, uh, we got news this morning, will more than likely, if not will be without Paul George for this first round of the series. Clippers 4-2 against the spread with Kawhi and without Paul George. Last game of the season, um, these two teams did match up. But again, that was a game where the Phoenix Suns didn't have um, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, DeAndre Aiden playing in this game because, again, no reason for those guys to play. Uh, currently, guys, I am seeing that the um, Phoenix Suns are a minus 600 favorite to win this series. Clippers plus 400 to win the series. Um, Terrell, lead us off here with this one. Do the Clippers have any chance of beating the uh, Phoenix Suns in this series? I 
No. <laughs> like what? No, I don't think they have. I don't think they have a chance. I think. I think there is a possibility. And I think that's what everybody kind of wants to see is that they make it interesting. But in all actuality, I don't think their defense is as good as years past. I don't think they have the offense. Like, they they keep trusting Marcus Morris with the ball, and clearly that's not working today's NBA. Keep trusting uh, Eric Gordon with the ball. That's not working. Like, I mean... If they got swept, would you be surprised? Not at all. I guess we're just kind of banking on we're kind of banking on Phoenix to have some growing pains and trying to figure out this roster and the adjustments Ty Lue normally makes in a series. But I mean, we'll see. I don't think this is close. I'm not gonna lie. I don't think this is close at all. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't dig too much into this. I think for me is that I think obviously Kawhi Leonard is going to get his. But at the same time, then you think about, okay, who is going to be that next guy that's going to step up for this team to take on some of the scoring responsibility or say, take some of that load off of Kawhi Leonard? I don't – I mean, you trust Russell Westbrook, Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, like you mentioned. I mean, if Paul George was in this series, maybe they win a game or two. But when you look at the other side for the Phoenix Suns, when you have – a team that made a run to the NBA finals. And I know their journey to that NBA finals where there were, their opponents were missing um, guys that were injured. I think Jamal Murray um, was injured for the Denver Nuggets when they made that run. But when you look at the other side, you have Chris Paul, but then you, you have the task of trying to contain Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Like you can't double team either one of those guys because the other guy is going to torch you. I think for me, I agree with you, Terrell. I think this was short and simple for me. I think it's either Phoenix in a sweep or it's Phoenix in five games. That's kind of where I'm at. Scott, where do you at with this uh, series between the Suns and the Clippers? I'm going to go with the Suns. You said, is, is there a chance the Clippers win the series? Yes, if Durant gets hurt again. Uh, but assuming he stays healthy, then no. I think Phoenix is going to win the series. Simply put, I don't think the Clippers are good enough defensively to match up with the guys that the Suns have with either Booker or Durant. Kwai is a very good defender. Is he as elite as he used to be? No. There's also no guarantee Kwai is going to stay healthy because they've been load managing him for most of the year, and we'll see what happens there. But Kwai, we know, is going to get his, as you said before. So is Durant. So is Booker. And you're trying to think of who's going to step up for the Clippers I mean, Russell Westbrook can't play in the fourth quarter of games, but are you just going to rely on him to not be totally inefficient and to not only be that, but to be your second option to score? You need Norman Powell to have a massive series. Mm -hmm. But I think a problem you're going to run into is the fact that the Suns can score in a variety of positions. They got the shooting guards with Booker. They have the the, uh, small forward, power forward situation with Durant. Even Aiton can score. And I just feel like the Clippers don't have enough stoppers to really keep up. And I do think at the end of the day, when you're looking at who's going to be used in which rotation and everything like that, we know that in most playoff series, Ty Lue is awful in games one and games two. Games one and two is typically horrible because he makes adjustments and then he tries to go from there. The problem is when you're against Durant and Booker, you can't voluntarily punt games one and two, and I'm afraid that's going to happen. I think the Suns will go up 2 nothing. 
and I think that the Clippers will be unable to get enough stops against Durant. I think Durant's going to have one game, or maybe it's Booker, where somebody drops 40 and carries them to a road win. And I think that's the story. I think that Kawhi, if he's going to drop 40, he's going to take a bunch of shots, and I don't think they're going to stop. Get, I don't think they're going to get enough stops defensively. But you mentioned Eric Gordon. You mentioned some of the moves that they made at the deadline. I have not been overly impressed by the moves that they've made. So I'm going to go with Phoenix. I'll take the Suns in five. If this turns into a, a somewhat of a competitive series, I wouldn't be totally surprised. But based on what I've seen from both teams and assuming full health, I'll take the Suns in five. I think Phoenix will go up to nothing. And I think that hole will be too deep for the Clippers to climb out of. I think it's telling when the books have Phoenix to win game one and win the series at minus 245 right now. But we now. know Ty Lue doesn't care about game one. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so currently, if you're looking at uh, either Suns in a sweep, plus 320, the favorite right now is Suns in five at plus 240, uh, if you're looking at it to go that way. Um, I mean, I really don't have much more to add. Um if you want to take a look at if this game or series is going to end in, I mean, they don't even have four games listed. <laughs> <laughs> no way. They no, they, they do. have no, they series, do not. They, they have series. No, you're ex- not about to No, Stop playing with me. You're not, you don't have, there's no way you don't have sweet listed. Oh, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it's, it goes, it goes, it goes five, six, seven, and then it goes four for some odd reason. I don't know why the books did that, but if you series exact games, four games is at three to one, five games is at plus two twenty, and then series total games over under is set at five and a half. I think I like see, the under. But see, the fact that the four games has is the like I feel like they're giving now we have to bet sweep because why are they giving this Clippers team so much credit like they can't get swept? That's a fair point. Yeah. Because there's, I didn't think that I thought that the sweep would be at least the second highest odds. But you have it last is just telling me we have to bet sweep because they're giving this Clippers team way more, way too much more credit than they deserve, especially when they're probably not going to have Paul George. But just ask, what do you say the odds were again for sweep? So for and this is serious exact games, right? Four okay. games is three to one. Okay. And what's the others? Five games, which I think. Most of us are agreeing here is that plus 220. That's either team to win in four or five, correct? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to go, I'm trying to find the exact. Uh, I'm going to shop correct. around and see if I could find yeah, any. Plus two. I see plus so 220 plus for five games. Yeah. If plus 220 for five games, plus 260 for six, plus 270 for seven, and plus three and 300 for four. That's on DraftKings. There's no way. Like that that's too much respect on the Clippers for them. You I get that three to one on a sweep isn't really good odds at all whatsoever, but you can't tell me that that's the worst odds on the board. No way. Yeah, so I think that's where I'm kind of I think I'm gonna put down I think the lowest odds should be seven. Lowest odds right now is I said it should be seven. Yeah. I I I, no, I, mean, no. I mean I'm saying the highest odds, whichever one you know is the least likely to happen, that should be seven. Yeah. Take the under five and a half at minus 110. Take the game to be in. I mean, you can get Phoenix minus two and a half at plus 100. That gives you that wiggle room you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. They don't even offer a Phoenix minus three and a half. That is so lame. That is lame. You are, you guys suck. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that because we're trying to get a new sponsor. You might not suck that bad. But <laughs> well, you didn't say which specific book, so oh, I did. Uh, you know, oh, you did. <laughs> he did, he did. Okay, my bad. Oh yeah, I did. One hundred percent. All right, 
whatever. We I'm taking the sweep because they're they're disrespecting this number at this point. Give me the sweep. I'm so trying to yes. look to see if I could find a better price elsewhere. But Suns plus plus three twenty is what I see for uh, Sun sweep. Uh, I see Suns three nothing three twenty five. Yeah, so a little bit more, about five cents more there. Plus three twenty five for the Sun sweep. Um, you guys have anything else for this? I mean, I think this was going to be a quick conversation for this series. Uh, so official predictions. Terrell, you're going in a sweep. Yeah. Scott, the value might be on sweep, but I still think the Clippers win a game. So I'll go Suns in five. Yeah, I'm going to go Clippers. Sorry, uh, Suns in a sweep as well. I'm with Terrell. I just don't think that there's a world where I think it's just too much firepower for the Phoenix Suns. Give me, I, think the Clipper, uh, I think the Clippers get hot from three in one home game and they'll win a home game. That's kind of how I look at it. Okay. All right. Let's get over to the Eastern Conference now. Let's go, and we'll let's probably start with this one. It's probably more of a quicker conversation. The Philadelphia 76ers, they are going to, going to be, I'm sorry, hosting the 6 seed, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, currently, I see the series winner price, and I mean, this is kind of disrespectful. <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers, minus 900. For them to beat the Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets are plus 600. It was minus 1,000. Okay, so it's come down a little bit. Initially, it was minus 1,000. Okay. Uh, And then the Philadelphia 76ers, minus 1.5. So for them to win uh, by at least five or four or five or six games at minus 1.5 is minus 310. Uh, Scott, I will let you lead this off. You are the Brooklyn Nets fan. What are you thinking about this series? Do you give your guys any chance to steal a game or two or even possibly upset the uh, Sixers here? So I don't think they're getting swept. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. Now, do I think they're going to win the series? No. Do I think the Sixers should be minus 1,000 or minus 900? Hell no. I think they should be closer to minus 500. It's mostly because of the James Harden injury. I get Embiid is elite, and the Nets can't guard him. I'm aware of that. However, we know his injury history. We'll see how he holds up. He was battling some leg issues at the end of the year, but he had a couple massive games, dropped 50 against the Celtics. I'm assuming he's fine. However, James Harden has really looked horrible (laughs) for the last couple of weeks there. And if the Nets do decide to double-team Embiid all the time, and you force Tobias Harris and James Harden to make shots – Will they make shots? I don't know. But I'm not picking them to win in four or five because of that. I think the Nets have enough versatile wings to make life interesting for the Sixers on occasion. And I think as a result, they can win a game or two. So once again, I'm not picking the Sixers to sweep. I'm not picking the Nets to win the series. Personally, I have Sixers and six. Okay. Terrell, what do you think about this series between the Sixers and the Nets? I don't think it's close. I'm all over the Sixers. I, I I will actually say I think that there's a pretty good possibility that the Nets don't win a single game. If Harden was healthy, I would take the Sixers to sweep. But I do think Harden one game is going to go four for 17, and they're going to lose a game. But I think that's where Tyrese Maxey kind of comes in because, I mean, he's had I mean, a really good season. He's been like, quiet I don't lately, think... though. That's the problem. Yeah, but again I, – I... I, I, they haven't really needed him. I mean, you, uh, you're... That, that's my point, though, is that I think Maxi could handle it, but I think Harden and with Rivers relying more heavily on the veteran guys, I think they might force Harden early on in the series to do a lot, 
And when they realize he can't handle it, then they'll pivot to Maxi and they'll dominate. But if they lost game one or game two because Harden was horrible and they kept giving him extra opportunities when they shouldn't have, I think they could lose one of the first two games in the series. Okay. I think I'm more with Terrell here. I just don't think this I, is I truly I, I, I'm not I picking think the next one in the series. So no, I think no, no, we get that. I mean, they're minus nine hundred. I'm sure everybody's picking them to win the series, but at the end of the day, I don't think that the James Harden situation in this series right here means enough because I think that one, while the Nets are okay defensively i think offensively that they can't they're not going to be able to get anything going on philly's defense like i think philly's defense especially in a slow paced game as we expect this to be all series out working out of the half court i'm not really certain a hundred percent even though i do like jock vaughn as coach and really really like him as a coach i haven't seen him in a playoff series i don't know where the adjustments are going to come in against a team that is clearly better than you i i think that the price is warranted and at looking at the personnel, especially how Philly's been playing defense coming out the second half of the season, that I think that this could be really, really tough for the Nets where they give us some fun games and we have a couple of fun games, but there's also some blowouts here where Philly just kind of runs away with it. So I, I think it's pretty easy, and I like Philly in four, and I'll give the Nets one game, worst-case scenario. Yeah, I mean the the Sixers won all four games during the regular season. Uh, two and games two of those, were... but the last one was the last game of the season that they just yeah. played, and then they won one when they it was like one of the new like when the everybody from the mm-hmm. Nets just got there. I think it was like their second game together or something like that. That was yeah. the game where Dimwitty hit the three pointer that didn't count because it came after the buzzer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the one time they played with these actual rosters was a nail biter that went down to the wire. So I know playoff atmosphere is different. I'm just saying, I think that the amount of wings that the Nets have is not good enough to win a series because they don't have enough scoring. But it wouldn't surprise me if they really do some things defensively that throw everybody else besides Embiid out of whack. That wouldn't totally surprise me. Okay, so I think we're obviously all on the Philadelphia 76ers here. So um, series prop bets, if anything sticks out to you, Scott, lead us off. So I got the Sixers and six. I'm not okay. exactly sure what price that is. It probably is going to be a decent price because most people have them in four or five. Four to one. Okay. I think that has some value to it. I think if you want to go for the serious long shot, Nets win game one, Sixers win the series. I think if the Nets are going to actually make this somewhat interesting, they might steal game one. And you might remember in the Simmons versus Jared Dudley trash talk rivalry series from a couple of years ago, Sixers dominated. They won the series, but the Nets did win game one. We have seen the Sixers on occasion kind of come out sluggish in game ones. And if the Nets are going to throw some unique wrinkles defensively at the Sixers, maybe they struggle. Then they'll make adjustments and Embiid takes over. Or maybe the Sixers just think we're going to smack this team and they overlook the Nets early on. I don't know what the price is there. What's the price on Nets to win game one, Sixers to win the series? Five to one. Yeah, five to one. I don't mind that either. I kind of wish it was a bit more. If it was like seven to one or eight to one, I'd probably take it. Five to one's maybe a little bit low, but I'll go with the Sixers to win in six. Uh, Terrell, anything from a playoff series props perspective you're looking at? I like the series to go under five and a half games. A little juice there, minus 160. But ultimately, I think I'm just going to take my hand on 
I think we get one sweep in the first round. And if it's not the Suns, then I think it's going to be uh, this one here. So, yeah, play. I, I think the sweeps are just going to be Boston and Milwaukee. That's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it. Like, I think the one seeds are going to roll uh, in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. Yeah, I think, we'll this, I think this Mets team just kind of scratched and clawed and found their way here. But Phil, And it just gives me last year going up 3 nothing against Toronto, losing two straight. Like, you want to close those – you want to close series out – and you want to go home to the crib, rest up. I think this is the year Embiid and them finally do it. So uh, I'll take the plus 240 on it ending in four games. I mean, if you told me Embiid was going to average 38 and 12 in the series or 35 and 15 and the Sixers one and four, I wouldn't say that you're automatically wrong. I just I think the, the Nets will find a way to win a game or two, but I'll lean two for the four to one odds. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm with Terrell here under five and a half on the series total games. Uh, I think yeah, it ends either in a sweep or five games max. Four games plus two forty, and then five games is at plus one ninety five. Um, anything else for this series, guys? Nope. I'll take the over and whatever the hell Embiid's point per game averages. Yeah, uh, we'll have to yeah dig that up for. I don't sure. like the under uh, on Harden's points per game average as well. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get over to the last series that we know is confirmed. That is going to be the 4-5 matchup in the Eastern Conference. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they have home court advantage against the New York Knicks. Um, these two teams obviously did match up during the regular season. The Knicks actually won three out of the four games during the regular season. They were three and one against the spread as well. Uh, the one total, game was the one game was the game that Evan Fourier was in the lineup. I just want to make sure that that's on record. And the yes. Knicks also won a game without Randall and I believe Barrett. Did Barrett play in that game? I think that was a game he was out with like illness. He was also wasn't. out, and they won anyway because Brunson dropped like forty six points, forty something. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah but um, again, again, the one win came with Evan Fournier getting significant <laughs> minutes for the Knicks. I just want to put that out there. Uh, two and two on the total, so not much there for both of these teams. Uh, looking at the series prices for this matchup, I currently see the Cavs are minus two hundred to win the series. Knicks are plus one sixty. Um, we'll get into the series spreads and all that good stuff here, but first we can, you know, discuss the matchup overall. Terrell, lead us off, my man. Your New York Knickerbockers are I don't know. An underdog know. against I said the I don't know. Y'all, y'all convince me. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm doing in this series. I'll I'll start with this. I'll I'll say this. We had two years ago when the Knicks did make the playoffs, um, when Julius Randle won the most improved player. I think they were, what, 41 and 31 in that shortened year when they only played 72 games. You take a look at that roster that made the playoffs and actually started the playoff game against the Atlanta Hawks. It was Julius Randle, Reggie Bullock, Nerlens Noel, Alfred Payton, and R.J. Barrett. And then off the bench, you had Derrick Rose playing significant minutes, Todd Gibson, and Alec Burks. You can argue that Rose was their only good player in that entire series. Yeah. (laughs) And again, serious argument. Which makes me, which leads me to the point of this year, 2022, where you have Julius Randle, Quentin Grimes, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell Robinson, and RJ Barrett. And off the bench, it's probably going to be Emmanuel Quickly and Josh Hart. 
first two guys probably off of that bench, and I think we'll see Obi Toppin getting some type of no, minutes. he's Maybe not getting any minutes. He's not okay. getting any. So let's just say it's it's seven done. man rotation. No, Toppin just proved he, Toppin just proved he has some trade value. That was purely yes, an audition. That was it. He's offense. not he's not seeing the floor in the playoffs. No. He doesn't play enough defense for Thibodeau to use him. Hartstein's so coming in. Hart will be the first spot. two, three guys: Hartstein, yeah. Hart, and quickly. Yeah, oh, Hart's going to play like thirty minutes a game. Yeah, like yeah Hart's going to get a significant role in the series. So I think just by adding Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart to this twenty twenty two roster, compared to the guys that they had out there, which Julius Randle was atrocious in that series against the Atlanta Hawks. Now Julius Randle again. We'll uh, Scott. I'm sure if you have any updates about, I know we were talking about that offline before we got on about Julius Randle, but. Just by having Jalen Brunson, where we saw what he was able to do with Dallas, without Luka, I think it was last year in the playoffs. I, I think that is going to be huge in this series. Now you have Donovan Mitchell, you have Evan Mobley, and those guys on the other side. I think this is the one series, at least in the first round, that I think nobody would be shocked if we get it to go at least seven games. In this At series. least seven games. I'm sorry, going seven games. <laughs> so yeah, what else? Yeah, like, are we getting eight, nine, <laughs> eight games? or nine? Seven yeah. games. 11, seven games. 12, going 13. seven games. Not. I seven, like the Knicks here, eight, man. Not nine. <laughs> I'm going with the Knicks plus one sixty in this series. Um, I, I just think that Jalen Brunson is just going to have a monster series in this. It, it, in this series against the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know you have Donovan Mitchell on the other side. I know Cavs do also come in with a number one defensive rated team for, for the season, but I think the one thing that's really sticking out to me, and again, this depends on Julius Randle, is that the Knicks were one of the better, if not the best, rebounding team in the entire association throughout the entire year. They had the pay, best paint defense where they allowed the least amount of points for the entire year. The Knicks were tied for the second best road uh, spread this entire year as well. I know Cavs were a great road team as well. Uh, sorry, home team as well. But I just feel like this Knicks roster with the additions that they added with Jalen Brunson, with Josh Hart, uh, quickly is going to play minutes a year as well. You guys talked about Hardenstein as well. It's going to be an eight-man rotation. I think a lot of it is just going to come down to what contribution, number one, and the health of Julius Randle but also what you're going to get from Emmanuel quickly in this series. So I think that for me, and you kind of look back at the season series, I just feel like this Knicks team is does have this number of the Cleveland Cavaliers. Donovan Mitchell, we know he's going to get his. Darius Garland is going to be good as well. But after that, I think there's this fall off to me where I feel like there's more scoring options for the New York Knicks. And again, when we talk about when we get down to the playoffs, defense and rebounding, and we just, like I mentioned, Knicks having – the best rebounding team and the best paint defense. I think that's what's going to be the difference here. So I'm going to go with the Knicks in this series. Scott, what do you got for this series? I think for the price alone, I'm taking the Knicks. The more that I thought about the series, I think that a lot of the flaws that the Knicks have, the Cavs also have. And we don't know about Randall yet because they said he's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. It's going to be two weeks in a couple of days. So we have to wait and see how he's going to look or how the uh, examinations are going to come back, and we'll go from there. The main issue that I have with the Knicks is the fact that they are not very good in the fourth quarter offensively. However, I've roasted the Cavaliers all season long for not being a good fourth quarter offense either. So I think that kind of cancels out. Now, if you want to talk about the depth, I think that the Knicks have a better bench than the Cavs. I know yeah, that will hurt. 
has had a couple of decent months here and there, but I'll believe it when I see it in the playoffs. They're using Rubio, and I'm not sure how much he's going to give you, but the point is I do think that the Knicks have an edge on the bench. Now, I also want to talk about the fact that despite the Knicks being a somewhat young team with their core, they do have significantly more playoff experience than the Cavaliers from top to bottom. Mitchell has been in a couple of wars, won a playoff series or two, and he also had that insane series against the Nuggets, which his team might have blown a 3-1 lead, but we're not going to talk about that. The point is, besides Mitchell, they made the play-in game last year, Mm -hmm. in which they blew roughly a 19-point lead at home to the Hawks. Do they have any playoff history with most of these guys? No. The Knicks do. Now, was it good history? No. They lost in five to the Hawks. But the point is, at least a lot of the core, whether it was Josh Hart on different teams, whether it was some of the guys they brought in or even the guys they have on the team, a lot of these players have been in a seven-game series before, and a lot of Cleveland's players have not. Jared Allen, not much playoff experience. Evan Mobley, zero playoff experience. Darius Garland, zero playoff experience. You can really go down the line. There's not many guys on Cleveland's roster that have been in a seven-game series against the exact same opponent. And I think eventually, as the series goes on, that was I think the Knicks are going to separate themselves. And I do think that even though I roasted both teams for their fourth-quarter execution offensively, it goes back to coaching. Thibodeau is a guy that we have criticized on this show for some late-game situations. I've been vocal several times. I think Bickerstaff is fine. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a ceiling raiser. I think he's a floor raiser. And I think as a result, Cleveland has struggled against good competition all year long. They've been very good against the bottom feeders in the league and against... Once again, I'm not saying the Knicks are top, top tier talent, but against good teams, the Cavaliers have really not played that well. I'm going to lean to the Knicks. So my question to you is, and then we'll get if, if see we've convinced uh, Terrell on his Knicks. When it comes to the fourth quarter, Scott, who are you trusting more, Jalen Brunson or Donovan Mitchell? Brunson, that's not even a question. I think I would lean Mitchell barely. But the point is, I think it's closer than people think. And also, if you're asking who I would trust more in the fourth quarter, Brunson and Randall or Mitchell and Garland, I think I'm probably taking Brunson and Randall because I've actually seen Randall hit a couple of big shots this year. Now, I'm aware some of his possessions are horrible. Like, I'm aware of that. But at least I've seen Randall make a couple of big shots. If they double-team Mitchell and they force somebody else to make a shot, have I ever seen Gar- Garland make a big shot in the final 10 seconds of a game? Have you seen that? A regular season, it may have happened. But again, we're talking about the playoffs, right? Like you mentioned, like these Cavs players, a lot of them don't have that. Outside of Mitchell, they don't have that, excuse me, the playoff experience, right? Where so, you talk about yeah. the Knicks. Go ahead. So you're saying one guy. You said, yeah, maybe I'll take Mitchell over Brunson. That's fine. But if you force the ball out of that guy's hands, which supporting cast do I trust Knicks. more? It's to be the Knicks. So and I'm going to lean to the Knicks to get the job done in close games in the fourth quarter. That's how and, I look at it. And just to kind of go to answer my own question to what I asked you, I trust Brunson a lot more to make the right play in that fourth quarter versus Donovan Mitchell. I know Donovan Mitchell is great. You know, he can hit some clutch shots. He can get to the basket and shoot some free throws. But anyway, it comes down to fourth quarter decision-making and having to make the right decision for your team to win the game, I 100% trust 
Jalen Brunson more where he's not going to play hero ball where I feel like Donovan Mitchell will play hero ball and, and, and cost his game, his, his team a game and possibly this series in that, in that situation. Trell, you got our perspective between myself and Scott. Have we convinced you one way or the other or to bet on your Knicks because we're both on the Knicks. What are you thinking? All right. So you both made some points. You both have missed some points as well. Here for the for the Cavaliers, where I think that the X factor is, it is the X, X factor is definitely Evan Mobley for sure. Yeah. And what Evan Mobley can give on the pick and roll, what they can do to rattle Mitchell Robinson on the inside, knowing that he effectively is going to have to handle Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in some shape or fashion for the entirety of this series. Now, Julius Randle come in there and help aid that a little bit. But for the most part, that painted area is Mitchell Robinson's domain for the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. That is concerning because I think I'm starting to lose faith in Mitchell Robinson. On the next side of ball, that last time they were here and they played Atlanta, Julius Randle had no shape or clue or idea of what to possibly do against a double team. No idea. Didn't know. Lost for words. Had no idea. Deer in headlights. Did not know how to handle a double team. Now, he can he can pass out of a double team. He can make the right read. He can make the right play. Guess what? You can't even throw a double team at him now because you got Jalen Brunson here as well. Exactly. So, that's that's a plus for the Knicks. Ultimately, when I look at this, I think, who do I trust more? in a single possession game going down to the last minute and who can come out with the win more often than not. Are you talking about player or team team? Okay. And I think it's the Knicks because the Knicks have so many options because in that last possession, you're getting Jalen Brunson. You're getting Julius Randle. You're getting Josh Hart. We know even for quick, a fact quickly, if you wanted to sub an extra offense, you'll give an extra option. Yeah. If you wanted to. Like, yeah. But for the for regardless of what happened, regardless of what subs you want to make, those three are going to be on the court in crunch time. And those are three viable options to go that will make good decisions with the basketball. Donovan Mitchell is good. I think Darius Garland as a facilitator can make the right decision. But I think that I'm leaning a little bit closer to the Knicks side of ball here. So this is how I'll play it. I think this is going seven. I think I've said this for a while now. Yeah. So I like the Knicks plus one and a half at minus 130. Yeah, I love that. But I probably will go exacta and just take the Knicks in seven. And not Knicks in seven, but just take seven games at plus 185. So those two are probably potentially on my card. It'll probably be one or the other, actually, now that I think about it. I like Cleveland to win game one next to win the series, plus 380. Short price, but I like that. And just saying that if there's a chance that Randall does not play, it's game one. And then yep. he'll come back, and it's like you're seeing a whole different new team. So I'll take that, and we'll get you know something similar to that Mavericks-Jazz series last year with Jalen Brunson. If you want something that is crazy, I don't think it's crazy. 
I'll take the Knicks in six, five to one. Okay. And it's because of the fact that I do think that the Cavs have more pressure on them than the Knicks. And that's really, really hard being the Knicks and being in the playoffs. But you got to remember, the Cavs gave up it all for Donovan Mitchell. They they pushed all the chips in for Donovan Mitchell. And you're sitting here in a situation and you look at it. You, you, have, you have everything you asked for. You got the best player in the series. I'm pretty sure a lot of people say by far you have the best player in the series. Sure. You have a very deep core team that a lot of people are saying that you are built for a long time, that you're going to be good. You cannot lose this series, and that's a lot of pressure to ask for a lot of people that have not played this type of basketball. So I I want to go Cleveland, but I think this is too close. I think this is seven. I think this is seven, and I'd rather take the plus money now and reevaluate my situation when I get to game seven. It's also telling when the books have – Cavs to win game one and win the series at only minus 115. Just kind of tells you that they're also expecting this to be a longer series, at least get to six, if not seven games, like you mentioned um, for this game or for the series between the Cavs and the Knicks. Uh, anything else for this series, uh, Terrell, you want to throw out? No, I'm good. Scott, as far as series props, spreads, uh, anything you want to mention? I just want to bring up one more time that even though I think Mitchell is a better player than Brunson, Mitchell's playoff resume in terms of wins and losses, really not great. You're trying to think of Mitchell's history in the playoffs. and Don't they only have one marquee win? They beat the Thunder. No, they lost that. in, In Mitchell's rookie year. They beat the Thunder in the first round with Westbrook and Paul George. Besides that, his crowning achievement was dropping a bunch of 50 pieces and then choking a 3-1 lead. That's his entire playoff resume. And then he had a couple of runs with Utah where they were a one-seed or a two-seed, and they lost to the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, and Mitchell vanished for part of the series. The point is, Donald Mitchell's a good player, but a lot of his teams tend to implode in the playoffs, and you could argue that's not his fault. Some of that was Gobert. Some of that was the overall supporting cast. I get it. I'm just saying, Mitchell, when he's the main guy, has not shown me on a regular enough basis that his teams can make deep runs. And I think as a result, if Cleveland struggles early, that would kind of be history repeating itself. So my follow-up question to you is on, on Donovan Mitchell. Is this Cavs team the best team that he's been on? ever in his career it's tough because like, some of those some of those utah teams were good nah, with boyan and i'm assuming this team's probably the best overall team he's been on but i'm not gonna dis i'm not gonna fully dismiss those utah teams that they had like it was before Connolly was washed boyan was good gobert wasn't a total liability at the time mm-hmm. rose o'neill was actually a decent role player for them at times like, I don't think those rosters were that bad. It just seemed like Mitchell had games where, I mean, last year, perfect example against Dallas. He didn't guard anybody the entire series. Like, people roasted Mitchell the entire time because he let Brunson drop the 40-piece on him. Like, I just feel like Mitchell defensively at times is mentally checked out of games when his offense isn't going for him. And I think that might come back to bite them. But I do think overall talent, the starting lineup, 
is the best that it's been on on any team he's been with. Sure. But I still don't like Cleveland's bench. So, and I'm not sold on Bickerstaff. So I'm going to lean next. The value, in my opinion, is on the next. All right. So official pick then, Scott, for this series. What do you got? For value alone, Nixon six. What do you okay. that was? Five to one? Yeah. Uh, yeah, five to yeah. one. And then five to one is a great deal. Yeah. Terrell, uh, you said Nixon seven, right? I said, I said, well, yeah, I like the. He didn't officially Nixon make seven, a pick. But... He, he just said seven. No, okay. I said no. I said the Nixon seven. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I took the plus one and a half, but I said, you know, ultimately, I'm pulling for the Knicks in this one. I think the Knicks are going to be able to get it done. What's that price? It's the it's the bench it's the bench piece for me. I just think that there's a lot of options that can keep this the run going off the bench for the Knicks that I do not think can get going off the bench for the Caps. What price is that though, Knicks in six and seven? Because that would imply that they would win a road game in Cleveland. Nixon seven is plus uh, seven hundred. Seven to one. Yeah. All right, uh, I'm gonna go Nixon seven as well. Man, Nixon, yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think I do like the Nixon win the series, but either in six or seven, I'll go. I'll go Nixon seven. Um, all right, so that is the four series guys that we just went into in depth. I think uh, more so than some others, but. Um, Let's get into some official picks here. Uh, a lock and a dog that we do like for the four matchups that we discussed here tonight. Suns Clippers, Kings Warriors, Cavs Knicks, Sixers Nets. Um, Scott, lead us off. Your lock and dog could be anything, whether it's a serious prediction, serious prop bets, whatever, whatever you want. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so for the lock, what was the price again on Knicks plus one and a half games? Plus one and a half, minus one thirty for the Knicks. I'll take that. I thought about picking something else, but every other one that we liked was like minus one sixty or one seventy. I'm not going to waste people's time. So give me the Knicks plus one and a half games at minus one thirty. Either you agree the Knicks won the series, you think it's going to be a war. Most people aren't expecting Cleveland to just roll over this team. Mm-hmm. As long as that doesn't happen, you win the bet. So give me the Knicks plus one and a half games at minus one thirty is my lock. All right, and what do you like for a dog price? For my dog, I'm trying to think of what I really like here because I mostly picked – I think I picked the favorite in basically every series except for the Knicks, and I don't want to double down on the Knicks. Um, What do I want to go with here? What's the Suns minus two and a half games? Plus one on it. Yeah, even money. I'll take that. Give me the Suns minus two and a half games at even money. Okay. Terrell, what do you got? Let's see here. For my lock, let's go with Sacramento plus one and a half games at plus 135. Okay. At the very least, that's getting a seven. For my dog, let's go with... Yeah, Kawhi, yeah, yeah. The Phoenix success is dominance early. Let's go with Phoenix to sweep the Clippers at plus three twenty. All right. Um, so for my lock, I'm gonna go with the Suns and Clippers under five and a half total games for the series. 
Um, I don't see the Clippers winning. More well, than what's the price on that five? Minus one ten. Okay. Suns and Clippers. Yeah, series total games under five and a half minus one ten. I mean, you're saving you're saving ten cents to get the Clippers to win in either five or four. So if you think that's worth it, then sure. If not, then just take the Suns to minus two and a half games. Yeah, the same that's thing. True too. Yeah, it's the same thing too. Unless yeah. you think the Clippers, unless you want the extra out of the Clippers somehow destroying the Suns team. No, I I don't think I, I think that'll probably yeah. Then you're right. I'll probably just take the Suns minus two and a half then, at even money. Uh, all right, as my lock, and then for my dog, I'm just gonna pick the Knicks to win the series, man. Plus one sixty. Um, I, I I mean we we talked about it in depth. I'm not gonna regurgitate everything. I'm I'm just gonna go with that Knicks plus one sixty. I think Jalen Brunson is gonna have a absolutely fantastic series. I think the matchup to watch in that fourth quarter is gonna be Josh Hart on Donovan Mitchell. I think that's gonna be something fun to watch as well. So. Plus 160 Knicks to win the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers as my dog. I do want to ask you, though, something quickly about the Knicks series. Since we don't know about Randall's status, how many games does Randall need to miss for you to consider changing your pick to the Cavs to win the series? Two. I feel like I should have talked about that before, but I forgot to ask. Two. Two? Yeah, two. Yeah. He can miss game one. He can't miss game two. They They can't go down to nothing. And their first game is on Saturday, isn't it? I believe so, but okay. I, I was going to bring that up before, and I totally forgot, but we kind of have to talk about that piece of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, guys, so that's going to do it for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. We went through the four series in depth, the ones that are cemented that we know of. Um, Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Nets win. I'm going to laugh really hard if James Harden <laughs> loses a series to the Nets in the playoffs. Uh, it would be really funny. Uh, but in reality, just looking forward to competitive basketball, looking forward to the play-in games uh, tomorrow and on Wednesday, followed by you know everything else that's going to ensue over the next month or two where you know, the NBA playoffs are basically three months. So should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to all the games and all the bets we're going to give out here. Looking forward to making some money. Terrell, anything else? Uh, no. I'm good. All right. We'll be back tomorrow uh, at our usual time, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, to handicap the two play in uh, tournament games. Uh, I think it's the Eastern Conference on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So myself, Scott, and Delante will be on for that, and then we'll carry on the rest of the week um, for our usual schedule. If anything does change, we'll definitely tweet it out and let you guys know. But if you haven't already, before you guys get out of here, Make sure to smash that like button for us on the YouTube stream. If you haven't already, subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast on the uh, YouTube channel here. Also, follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter and Instagram at ReallyRail underscore underscore. Follow Scott on Twitter at Rachel Radio, And you can follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to go get it.